Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 21 for Wednesday, October 4th, 2017. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, new listeners. Welcome, returning listeners. Uh, I got a lot to talk about this week. I did a PlayStation virtual reality demo promo thingy last week. Um, I started a new job this week. Uh, of course, I'm going to you know talk about some stuff that's been going on, read your guys' emails. It's going to be a fun show. Um, just to start right off, my voice is messed up. It's messed up because I did nothing but talk last week for 14 hours a day, you know, in a mall that was dry. I'm going to blame the mall for my loss of voice. Uh, too much talking, too much explaining. Everybody walking up going, what's going on here? Uh, with giant PlayStation VR signs all over the place. Uh, if you go on, of course, on the, uh, Instagram, or Facebook or Twitter, you will see pictures of the uh, setup that we had. I think you will. I don't know if I went to all of the social media platforms, but I went to some of them. Anyways, you can see a, a thing there of uh, of the, the demos. Basically, it was there for six days, guys. And I, I want to say right off the top, I had an outstanding team that I worked with. So there was, uh, you know, give or take any any given day, there'd be like six plus uh, members of us. Um. I think there was only one day where we had some different people, but, uh, it was, it was what a great day. What a great team we had. Um, I want to start off by thanking, uh, Kirk, who is our fearless leader, Kirk and Marvin, who are going to be traveling all over Canada doing these PlayStation VR demos. So, uh, as much as I was just a part of it last week, uh, these guys are doing it week after week after week. So Godspeed to you as you travel to market after market. Um, you know, doing these PlayStation demonstrations. Anyways, uh, Kirk was our fearless leader. Uh, he was great, great dude to, to work with over the course of the week. It was was a lot of fun. Um, made sure everybody had a good time. Made sure that we all took breaks because again, we were standing on our feet for like twelve hours a day. Um, so just made sure everyone was doing good, good morale, good energy. wasn't a dick to work for. So thank you very much, Kirk, uh, for being a cool dude and sharing laughs. Uh, Marvin was the other, uh, sort of, I guess, tour manager, tour boss, supervisor, whatever you call it. Uh, Marvin was outstanding as well. Marvin, I had tons and tons of conversations over the course of the week. Turns out he too is currently reading the, uh, the dark tower series starting on book number one, the gunslinger. So, uh, congratulations of a uh, side note to, uh, to Vanessa. I sent her the, uh, copy that I had of the gunslinger. And, uh, and yeah, so Marvin's reading that him and I got to chat about that and, uh, you know, my love of the story, he's just starting. So, uh, he's going to be enjoying that the further he gets into it. Um, also it's just really cool. I talked a lot of philosophy, um, cool things like that. So we had an opportunity just to hang and crack jokes and, and stuff like that. So uh, I really enjoyed working with my, uh, my supervisors, Kirk and Marvin. Thank you so much to you guys. I could, I could talk for a very long time about all the fun that we had, but I think uh, the listeners may lose interest if I went into it too much, and I may lose my voice. Excuse me, I have the hiccups already. I haven't done this much talking in the last forty-eight hours, so uh, I've been trying to let the old uh, the old voice recoup itself. I got to put here that I did a friggin' show. I just noticed on my list that I completely forgot a show that I did. <laughs> ah, that's right. I'm one. Yeah, I had a tough time with losing my voice and. Didn't I do a comedy show last week? I did. I'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, so uh, I also got to work with my buddy Dave 
a great friend, podcast listener. Dave and I basically, uh, you know, shared an Uber every day on our way there. The mall that we were working at, the Rideau Center, uh, was it's a terrible mall to go to. It's a great ball if you um, bus, great ball, great mall if you bus. I'm not congested. I'm just horse, just stupid. Um, yeah, it's a great mall to go to if you bus. Uh, but if you need to park and drive downtown and and pay twenty dollars, twenty five dollars a day to park. Fuck that. So Dave and I would share an Uber and a good friend of mine was very cool to work with him. But again, we're, we're all working different individual stations and stuff like that. So didn't, uh, didn't get an opportunity to fraternize with some of my other colleagues as much as, uh, the two supervisors. Um, but yeah, it was cool to work with Dave. Uh, gotta, gotta give some shout outs to my other coworkers. Dave was, Dave was killing all week, but Dave, um, was working a, a Gran Turismo, demo, which I'll talk maybe a little bit more about later on, but it was like, um, a full gaming chair. Gran Turismo for anyone who doesn't know is a racing game. And both Dave and myself are not car guys. We're not gearheads. We don't really give a shit about cars, but you know, and the people who play those games are like really into racing, really into, you know, the cars and things like that. So, uh, this particular setup was all, it was also virtual reality. So you'd sit in a chair that was designed by D box from the movie theaters. It was custom made $35,000, uh, but not fully functional just yet. They're still writing the softwares to get this thing, you know, moving up and down like a D box chair. Um, they have to code all the different shocks from each vehicle so that it works into it. Anyways, crazy expensive setup that wasn't fully functional just yet at this particular leg of the tour. Um, but Dave was working it day in and day out, and man, was he bitching. Oh, uh, yeah, do you want to try and work a, a station where, uh, you know, it's all, uh, you know, vroom, vroom? Yeah, annoying kids? Yeah, you want to work the station? <laughs> so Dave was bitching all the time. He did work it. He uh, he was the first one to pat himself on the back going, yeah, I'm going to work the station that nobody else wants because I'm a man. But um, I'll have you guys know that I do not like it, and it's a fucking bitch, first of all, and I fucking hate it. And So... Um, <laughs> I didn't get to talk to Dave much, but I did get to hear him squawking quite a bit, but hats off to him for working the station that nobody else wanted to work. And you know what? I do things like that all the time. I do stuff I don't want to do. Uh, and I bitch about it the whole way. You know, I do it begrudgingly, but, uh, somewhere in the back of my head, I go, I'm doing it. So no one else has to. So you can complain, Dave. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I didn't have to work that station. Thank you for doing it on behalf of us. Uh, we also had two other fantastic coworkers. Uh, and Becky was working a station. Becky was amazing. She did the entire week. Uh, her and I were the only two reps that, that were there the entire, entire week. Uh, Dave and, and Kristen both only missed one day and we had some substitutes in for them. But uh, Becky worked the entire week, never made a peep of complaint on her feet the entire time. You know, uh, she was also working a very busy station with a virtual reality first person shooter game where you're shooting like giant spider like bugs look kind of like a starship troopers sort of a uh, game but uh, she worked the whole week did not complain like dave did the entire time uh she was outstanding super cool uh to work with you know uh you know hats off to honestly i gotta say like the hardest working member of the team was becky and she almost didn't notice when she went on lunch you know she just didn't make a I was gonna say didn't make a peep like never not didn't complain once was super engaging with everybody um, you know, like, like hats off and my MVP. I got to tell you, my MVP choice of the entire week was Becky, uh, just in terms of like what we were doing. Like I'm, I'm a big guy and I was on my feet all day and I definitely took, you know, time sitting down on the benches and stuff. Um, 
just a minute or two here and there. But anyways, a long week on our feet. Um, this may not be interesting to you guys. I don't care. I still got to get my shout outs to my crew here. Um, but it was, yeah, Becky was the MVP for sure. And then finally, Kristen, Kristen, also someone who I've worked with on the CSGO tournament that I talked to you guys about and the, uh, the previous one for, uh, injustice. So, uh, Kristen was my, my leader for both of those products or products, projects and, uh, events. So Kristen was also outstanding. She's super engaging with people. She's a lot of fun, great, great personality, tons of, uh, you know, good sense of humor, all that fun stuff. Like the whole team was outstanding. I got to say, uh, even bitchy Dave, <laughs> sorry, I keep going at Dave cause I know he listens, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I had a good, I had a, a good week in terms of the team, uh, the event itself. So I don't know if you guys have ever had an opportunity to try virtual reality. I had to listen to a lot of nerds sort of tell me their thoughts, not, not, uh, Hey, what do you guys think of VR and all the different options and all the different uh, products or whatever? Like that's the problem when you have something that, that draws nerds, you know what I mean? Nerd bait was, was what we had, right? So all these guys in the, the, the burrito center coming out of nowhere wanting to try these products, virtual reality guys was what we were demonstrating. And uh, there's some products out there. There's the Oculus rift that I'm aware of. And I think the HTC Vive uses that, um, so this is what I've been picking up over the course of the week. There's also something called the Samsung gear VR, which is where you slide your phone into a helmet and it sort of gives you like a bit of a VR experience. It uses the very same technology or, or very similar technology, if I'm not mistaken to those like Facebook 360 videos. So when you see those, you stick your thing in that and you look around. So it's not bad, but the idea with that is it takes different pictures and it sort of stitches them together. So you'll see little parts of it that sort of look a little odd. And it's because the two images have been sort of, you know, uh, glued together via software or whatever. Well, uh, with PlayStation VR, uh, the games are designed for the helmet. So there's no stitching images together. It's, these are all games and videos and experiences that are designed, you know, on a computer 3d, you know, immersive. Um, all I can say is if you've never tried virtual reality, uh, you're missing out. I told you guys about how I went to colony VR. Uh, I think that's where I tried the HTC Vive. Give me one sec. Here. I got to sip here. I'm getting dry quick. Oh, geez, guys, I was, I was way worse the last two days, believe it or not. But uh, anyways, yeah, I tried the HTC Vive at, uh, at Colony VR. Trying the PlayStation uh, virtual reality headset, super cool. Very, very cool, guys. Um, there was a, the station that I was working on um, basically gave people a few different choices of v VR experience. So there was an underwater, <clears throat> and this is the one that I did the most. It was like an underwater video that was about five or six minutes long. And you put the helmet on, the headphones on, so you're right in this world, and you're in a cage underwater. And you start off by looking at a coral reef. There's some fish that swim by. There's also, uh, I think, a turtle, a sea turtle-like crush from Finding Nemo. Um, and you look at that. Then, the, then the the cage goes deeper and down into the water, and you can see more schools of fish. It's darker. There's manta rays. You sink even deeper than that and you get to see all the glowing jellyfish. And then finally you end up at like an old sunken submarine or boat and your cage gets circled for a while by a great white shark. Very exciting. And then at one point the shark decides he's going to attack the cage. And uh, it was at this point that so many people would shriek and scream with the VR helmet, which was great because whenever someone screamed, everybody walking through the mall or whatever would stop and take a look and go, oh, what's going on over there? So it was great to draw people towards it. Um, some people really lost their shit. 
screaming. Uh, it was hilarious. Um, the the person who took the cake was a guy. Um, he lost his mind. Stayed in it, but he lost his mind. Some people would just rip the helmet off their heads right away. Um, but yeah, that was that was a fun one. Um, we also had a downhill luge one where you steer by turning your head side to side. Um, the first one with the shark is just passive. You just look around. It's not a game. It's just a video. And while you're in this cage, you can look around, see all directions, forwards, backwards, left, right, up and down, like every every different direction to look. There was something to see in virtual reality. Had the downhill luge one. That one was more of a game, but you steer just by tilting your head. Uh, had another game that was like um, Pong almost. You use your head to tilt the, the, the camera and bounce the ball back and forth. And finally, I had one called the Heist, which was New York in London. And you're in a car driving down the street. Uh, your your passenger is the, sorry, the one driving. As a matter of fact, you're the passenger in a vehicle, and you're shooting at cars and motorcycles and stuff like that. And you use the little move controllers, which look like glowing lollipops. Um, all this to say that it was a fun, different example at my station of all the short little games that you could play, and how the technology works. And of course, uh, Kristen also was working a, similar, a station similar to mine, but the same games. And then uh, Dave was on the Gran Turismo. So that one that one is, is like a racing game. We put the VR helmet on, and then you're sitting in a D-Box chair that vibrates. It will also move later on in the tour, um, but it vibrates, and there's a, a specially designed wheel that has force feedback and everything like that. So his was just driving around the track, Gran Turismo. And uh, and then Becky's station was, uh, it was called Farpoint was the name of the game. And uh, you got to shoot aliens and stuff like that, kind of like in Starship Troopers. All of these VR, all of them very, very exciting. A lot of people had a, a great time playing them. All this to say, um, the week was kind of weird. We had some people who were there. Um, let's call them local kids, vagrants, whatever it is, uh, who would come back every day and just sort of stay around the girls, follow them on their breaks and stuff. Don't really know what it is. What can I say about it? Uh, you know, nerd bait. That's what it is. And all of a sudden you got, you know, got two girls who are letting you play video games. I mean, I think these guys fell in love and would follow them around like puppy dogs. None of them were really particularly harmful, but it was funny to see, you know, grown men, you know, for six days straight with nothing better to do than just to sit and follow these girls around. I don't even know how to fucking describe it. Uh, I would just, every time they would walk past, they'd give me a look like, what the fuck is this guy following me for? I offered to, you know, call security or something like that. And uh, the girls were like, no, it's okay. They're just being puppy dogs. So uh, that was kind of funny. I do have to say that, um, you know, over the course of the week, so... This would happen. Like Rito Center is is near downtown Ottawa. Again, my hometown of Ottawa. Um, it's near downtown, and downtown also has a lot of homeless shelters. Um, so this particular mall has a lot of a big mix of people. But one of the groups of people that had the time to visit our booths every day and stay and and repeatedly try these things were. Um, uh, I say this with no with no hate or me, uh, malice in my heart, but I, I, I you know, I got to tell you, they were dirty people. There was really dirty people coming to use these very expensive, well, not very expensive, but but expensive pieces of equipment and stuff that they clearly are not going to be purchasing or you know have anything for. So just to give you a little piece of information on the PlayStation VR, you need to have a PS4. It's an accessory for the PlayStation Four. 
Um, doesn't always mean that you have to be playing games, but it is something that coincides with that. So if you do not have any of this equipment, you're looking somewhere between $800 and $1,000 to get yourself the PlayStation, the, the VR helmet, the camera that's necessary, all the stuff that, that puts it together. And needless to say, some of these people could have used an $800 to $1,000 a lot better. We were not selling the products either. I want to make that clear. We were just doing demonstrations. If someone wanted to buy, we direct them to Best Buy, EB Games, Walmart, wherever it is. So I remember the first day there was a guy who was uh, who was particularly dirty. He had uh, blemishes and stuff all over his face. And keep in mind, I'm putting a helmet with a lot of contact on people's heads. We had sanitational wipes and things like that, but I just remember thinking like, when I put it on, it was particularly dirty. And his appearance was dirty too. I, I'm probably gonna paint myself to sound like a piece of shit, but I was very polite and everything. This man never, never for a moment would have known that, you know, I was, I was unhappy to have him sitting in our chair with putting on all of our equipment and everything like that, but I did it. I didn't single anybody out. I did not let anyone you know, try because of where they may come or their background or whatever. But I remember, so I put this on the guy and I put him on the underwater, you know, shark tank one. And, uh, I just remember thinking like, dude, what are you doing to yourself? You know, like, I don't know why you're, why you're doing this. You know, you're, you're probably not going to buy it and you can't afford it. like, are you even familiar with video games or technology or things like that? And I wasn't, you know, I mean, I was being mildly judgmental because I'm like, dude, you, why would you, you can't afford this? Like, what are you doing yourself? And that that's um, sat with me because I remember when he was sitting there, he was like, oh, wow, <laughs> he's laughing and stuff like that. And and I was just like, I, I don't know, I guess I felt like I'm like, how does this guy like, you know, it's not that, like it's cool, but it's not like mind blowing. Anyways, I, you know, as the week went on, I think on Friday night, I got to spend the night with Crystal because I was working, you know, long hour days, didn't get home until like 10 o'clock at night, 1030 sometimes. And then right back up, crack of dawn to, to come back. So didn't really have an opportunity. I wouldn't get, I would get off work before Crystal was even out of, you know, before she was, uh, I would get to work after she'd gone to bed is what I'm trying to say. And, uh, I remember when I was sitting with her on Friday night, I was just talking about how, like, you know, we're seeing lots of people. And like I said, these puppy dogs that are following the girls around and just all these people who day in and day out have nothing better to do than to come to the mall and just you know, play these games and, and watch what we're doing, which I, which is great. I mean, it's really great to be doing something people are interested in. Right. But, um, I don't know, I guess it was just part of like every time someone, you know, dirty would have to get the stuff, we'd have to clean it out and, and whatnot afterwards. I guess part of me too was like, like how, how do you not clean up a little bit? You know what I mean? Like we're not talking people who were like had shabby clothes, like shit happens. Fuck, I, I leave the house half the time in shabby clothes, right? If I don't have anyone to impress, I ain't trying. But uh, no, it was more like a level of dirtiness that I'm like, if you're going out in public and you're trying, you know, things that belong to other people or whatever, like just show a little respect. Anyways, <clears throat> these were my thoughts and my standpoints um, uh, at the time. And I remember on Friday night, I was talking with Crystal and you know, about how the week was going and stuff and all the people that we're seeing. And I remember at one point just saying to her, like, I was feeling, I was feeling bad because I was like, you know, I've been seeing these people all week and, you know, I, again, no one's been denied anything. I haven't, um, I haven't treated anybody differently because of the way they, you know, they look or comport themselves. But I just remember thinking a lot about the, you know, people's life choices. Like I always feel bad for homeless people and stuff like that. Um, and, but I, I, I'm kind of a believer, you know, like we're all, 
we're all where we are for, for choices we make at times and we can all sort of, you know, there's, there's help and stuff out there if, if we try, but who knows crystal, I was chatting with crystal and, uh, and I said how, uh, this guy, when he was in the chair, like how I, what I was thinking and stuff when he, when I was putting him in there and, uh, and once he was in how, like, you know, like how happy and how, you know, how much fun he was having and laughing to himself and all this stuff. Um, and I guess one of the reasons it stuck with me all week too is because he just kept coming back every day and doing it again. And so after a while, I was like, okay, guys, you've tried it. Like, why, you know, why do you keep coming back? You know, like, just you know, do something else. I, again, didn't act, put him in every time. But I just kept thinking, and it brought me back to that first time that he was in it. And um, and I was saying how, like, you know, at first I was frustrated because I'm like, you know, it's it's dirtying up the equipment. I got I to gotta clean it and sanitize it after all these guys. A lot more work for me. Uh, you know, obviously a part of it is certain laziness on, on my part, but, uh, I just thought about it too. And I was thinking more and more about how happy and excited he was when the helmet was on. And it got me thinking to like, you know, like, yeah, we all end up where we end up because of choices and stuff we make. And, you know, he may be a vagrant and might not be able to afford all this stuff or whatever, but I'm like, you know, when I, when I put him in that thing and he was laughing and looking all over the place, it was like he reconnected with some like childlike wonder. I got to say these, these helmets and stuff are, are great. They're a lot of fun. But, uh, I just was like, you know, Hey, maybe this guy like reconnected with some childlike wonder, like who knows how good or bad his life is right now. But like in that moment he was, you know, he was having fun. He was, he, you know, like I said, there was like a wonderment and a, an astonishment and I, it made me feel kind of, actually, it made me feel really uh, ashamed of, of myself for, ju- for, you know, being judgmental and whatnot. Cause as much as I wasn't rude or unkind to him, just, I was ashamed of myself for having those thoughts. And I, uh, I was like, you know what? I just, I'm glad like maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I'm not saying it is, but you know, Hey, maybe his life sucks, you know? And for those five to six minutes that he was doing that, he was laughing and having a good time. And I'm like, I just, I got to make his life better for that you know, little bit of time. So, uh, I was actually, I was pretty, pretty down that night. Cause I'm like, I just, I felt like a piece of shit. And I gotta be honest with you guys, you know, I didn't, I didn't call a guy names. I gave him everything. I gave everybody else, but just the fact that I had those thoughts, maybe I'm being way too much of a fucking pussy or way too hard on myself, but it was just, um, I felt ashamed. I felt ashamed to, you know, be kind of looking down my nose at the guy, even though I wasn't treating him any differently. Um, so I was like, well, when I see him the next day, I'm going to, I'm going to be nice to him. And I did, I saw him first thing the next day. And I, I, instead of, you know, having that thought when I saw him back at the station, like, okay, we're gonna have to clean it up again. And you know, you've already tried it. And what do you want? I was like, Hey man, you want to come over and try again? Let's try some other ones. Have you tried everything yet? Like it was, it was nice. I actually felt a lot better, you know, just being like, yeah, maybe this, maybe, maybe this is all he's been looking forward to all week. He's got, you know, I, again, so if there's any kind of public service announcement I can give you guys, it's try to be good to people. Crystal was telling me to like, again, like I said, she really is my angel because I had fucking wacky thoughts and, uh, and she really helps level me out with a lot of this stuff. But when I was chatting with her too, she was saying how like, there's so many people. Cause again, she works with people with disabilities, right? Whatever they may be. Um, and there's a lot of people, unfortunately, in, you know, in our country and other countries that like fall through the cracks. Like they, they have disabilities, they have, you know, uh, mental health issues and stuff like that. And there's just, nothing in place for them you know like as much as there is if you if you're in a capacity where you can just go up to somebody and say hey i i have fears i have issues that enough you're able to articulate it and get yourself to the right place but there's there's people with issues that 
you know, are undiagnosed and they don't know how to get help for it. And they're, they're, you know, I don't want to say they're crazy, but people we see like on the street, you know, oh, he's crazy. Well, maybe he can't get the help that he needs and he's overlooked by the system. And so she was saying how a lot of these people, you know, end up homeless because they just, they don't know how to function. They don't know how to get help. Ah, and the system has sort of left them behind. So what a fucking downer that I've become right now in the podcast. So just telling you guys, uh, you know, a lot of the people that are already listening are better people than I am. Anyways, to a certain extent, I don't know, guys, it was, uh, it was like the, the tugging on the heartstrings that week. I did talk with, uh, with my, my supervisor, Marvin about it too. Like, cause all of us were getting a little frustrated at some of the people who were kept coming back and stuff. We were all, you know, we were all having long days too. Let's be honest. We were, you know, 14 hours out and on our feet. So we were, uh, we were all starting to get a little short with things. You know, we'd have people walk up and go, what's going on here. Right. I already mentioned that. And we were just like, all right, all the signage, PlayStation VR, the lineups, people jumping. None of that's none of that. You couldn't narrow anything down. You know, I, I had to use a George Carlin, uh, quote with, with, with Marvin. Cause we were just kept saying how like frustrated we are when people ask sort of what we perceive to be dumb questions. And George Carlin's quote is, uh, think of how dumb the average person is and then realize that half of them are even dumber. And so that's what I just kept saying. Every time Marvin's like, can you believe this guy? I go, dude, half of them are even dumber. And he's like, yep. And it's all about managing expectations, guys. It's all about managing expectations. When you expect someone to just come up and be like, Bleh. well, it's a lot easier to be like, right here, sir. Take your drool cup and uh, I will program these simple thoughts into your brain. Just one at a time, please. So, um, yeah, I mean, guys, I, I had a great experience doing that. I can't wait to do it again. I'll be doing it at uh, the Bayshore Mall in Ottawa at the end of November. It's actually the last week of the tour. So, um, I think that's just the one thing that I was left with. I remember on Saturday we started the day and, um, one of the, the same, same marketing company that I do these, these uh, video game tournaments with, um, was what we were, who we were doing the PlayStation demo with. And they called on uh, Saturday morning because I guess the person who was going to be hosting, uh, an event at, um, at the movie theater, um, never showed up, you know, that's the unfortunate thing with, uh, with, with, uh, you know, I guess seasonal or part-time or occasional, I think is what they call it. Work is that you can't always trust the people who are going to occasionally, you know, they, they, who are going to occasionally show up. So, they called me and said, Hey, can we put you in an Uber and send you across the city to go host a tournament and then come back to the rest of this? And I said, sure. So that's what I did. I went and I got an Uber across the city. I went and hosted a Lego dimensions, uh, tournament for, for kitties. And let me tell you guys, I got to sit down intermittently during that. And was it ever spectacular? Uh, I had a blast for those three hours and, uh, came back refreshed and ready to stand and answer stupid questions at Rito center. That was fun being able to sort of step out. And also they were so happy that I was able to do that. I'm like, I get to sit down and get paid more for those hours. You betcha. Sorry. I had another swig here. And then Saturday night I went to uh, host a show at the Bella Vista restaurant. Now the Bella Vista restaurant is a wonderful little place in Ottawa. They're not paying me to say this, but they are spectacular. Um, where, uh, Jimmy, uh, my friend, the podcast listener, um, and, and often contributor 
he used to go there quite a lot in high school, and we went there uh, a couple times to have pizza. Jimmy was a huge fan of the pizza that they had at the Bella Vista. So in his honor, I had myself a Hawaiian pizza uh, when I was there for the show. Uh, small show, interesting crowd, very interactive. I mean, uh, by that time, guys, like that that show, I was wiped. It was the tail end of a long day that I'd already been shuffled around on a couple times. But five days into 14 hours on my feet, I was bushed. Uh, luckily, it was a small crowd, so my energy didn't have to be up a huge high, but everyone had a good time. Um, thank you to Colin O'Brien who booked me for it. Uh, Colin O'Brien and Michael Friedman also on the show. Headliner Jim McNally, super, super outstanding comic. That guy never ceases to amaze me how funny and and uh, versatile he is with whatever kind of crowd room that we're doing. Sorry, I'm clicking my pen like crazy on my hand. Um, Jim McNally also will be the headliner of the show that I am performing at in Renfrew. Uh, coming up in November, November 10th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'll have more info on that as uh, as it comes up. But um, yeah, it was great um, doing that show as well. And of course, home late to bed and up early the next day. Why? For the last day of the PlayStation VR tour um, on Sunday. So that was the, the PlayStation VR tour. Again, at 30 minutes chatting with no voice. Leave it to me. I will drag something out until it is absolutely dead. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I, I had a good time with that. I'm looking forward to doing it again. And of course, on Monday, uh, yesterday, for, for me, uh, two days ago for you guys when you get this on Wednesday, I started my new job. I didn't name it last time, I don't think, because I wasn't sure I got it. Well, over the course of the PlayStation week, I got my paperwork and everything, and I am back doing sales and telecom at the source. So um good friend of mine, Josh, is uh, got me in. There we worked together at Bell when I was there last, and uh, you know, I spent uh, yesterday and today doing uh, doing training and things like that. Um, just found out that the store that him and I were supposed to work at is getting closed on Saturday. They wanted to renew the lease, and because uh, they brought Josh in just recently, he just started and insisted that he bring me on the team. Um, he's a great guy to work with, good friend, uh, very uh, you know comes out to all the hilarious bastard shows and uh, a lot of my stuff. So. Um, very supportive of comedy, but also wants a good sales dude on his team during the day. So he and I worked to good, uh, together. So that's what I'm doing. But we found out the store that, that they put us both in, um, the lease was up and the company has decided not to renew it because they want like a 10 year lease or whatever. And, uh, and the company, uh, had a store that was a bit of a sinking ship. So it was a bit of a gamble. However, uh, Josh in the short time that he's been there has been outstanding. They are giving him a different store. Once it is concrete, I will let you know where he and I will be in this fair city. But uh, in the meantime, I'm having a great time uh, reconnecting with my buddy, uh, sort of back in the work world. I won't have to drive Uber as much because I will be back in a store making some uh, some sales and some commish with a little bit more steady income. Ah, ah, nothing like a steady income. Oh, and the benefits. Yeah, can start getting... Uh, you know, prescriptions and stuff on the house, or at least at a very cheap rate with benefits again, right? Get some massages, get some whatever else you get with benefits. Ah, my teeth cleaned. Who knows? Oh, the sky is the limit. But anyways, no, I'm, I'm excited to be back in, uh, in retail. You get to have some cool experiences too, meeting some new uh, team members and stuff like that. So it's only been a couple of days and they're not, you know, they're not long days. It's just training stuff, but I'm back in the uh, the workforce. That's been my my week, guys. And then, in fact, last night I got together with Crystal, just as a little bookend of what else. Because like the whole week, guys, 
eight eight o'clock in the morning at the mall, leaving at nine thirty at night, getting home at ten thirty. Like I mean, that's getting to the mall at eight thirty. I'd be up at like six o'clock. So I was up, PlayStation, home, sleep. Up, PlayStation, home, sleep. nothing, nothing else snuck its way in there, um, except for that that show on uh, on Saturday night. That was the only thing that that uh, I was able to do, and the um, the the source. Yesterday was great. I got to see Crystal in the evening on Monday. Wonderful. And her and I uh, tried watching something, though we both fell asleep. Um, I think I made it quite a fair ways into it, is uh, is Gerald's Game. Also a Stephen King novel turned uh, Netflix movie. Um, it's a cool, I, I mean, I don't know how it ends. I can't really give you a whole synopsis or anything on it uh, because, well, I can give you a synopsis. I can't give you a full review on it because I fell asleep. But short version of the story. A uh, wife and husband go to their summer cottagey home. They decide that they're going to spice things up in their relationship. Gerald, the husband, decides to handcuff his lady to the bed. He's going to get a little freaky deaky, gets a little too freaky deaky, uh, has himself a heart attack and drops dead. Problem is his lovely lady is still handcuffed to the bed. She has no way of getting out. And she's in the middle of the woods and or well not woods, but in the middle of nowhere, no one's around. All these terrible things. How is she gonna get out of this? And uh and that's the plot of the movie. Um, some events happen, things get a little scary, she starts to uh lose a little bit and have some hallucinations. And uh that's about as far as I got. So the whole idea is she's stuck. How the fuck is she gonna get out of here? Think like 127 hours, only instead of your arm pinned in a rock, your arms are handcuffed to a bed. Um that's as far as I got, so I'm excited to watch the rest of it sometime. But um, what I did see was fascinating. I definitely suggest uh, watching it, guys. Um, unless the ending sucks, in which case maybe next week I'll be like, hey, watch the rest of it. Sorry about that. You know, I'll start getting angry emails. Why the fuck did you suggest that, Josh? Um, so that was it. That was it, guys. That was the uh, that was the week for me. Definitely made me want to play video games. I'll tell you that much. I have not been able to spend that much time around video games in a very long time. And even though I wasn't playing them myself... I was kind of like, man, I miss just having video game days, especially these fucking assholes. <laughs> these fucking dweebs, nerds, geeks, drooling fuck. I don't know. These basement chud hermit cocksuckers. Anyways, um, no, I just these guys who had like no nothing but time in day in and day out. And they weren't even playing every day. They were just showing up to sit on the bench and stare at the TVs. And then when the girls turned around to help someone out, they would stare at them. You know, awkward. I was just jealous. I'm like, man, if you guys, if I had your time, I would be home playing video games. I wouldn't be sitting in a mall staring at the screen. I'd be playing. God damn it. Anyways, it made me want to play video games again, guys. I miss I miss just uh, vegging out, playing some vidgies, as uh, as my buddy Mika used to call them. Play some vidgie games. And uh, what else? Yeah, okay, so a couple, uh, you know, I don't really have any big thoughts on it, guys. I'm sure some of you may or may not, but... I feel like everyone, people tell me from time to time, man, you should talk about current events. I heard what happened in Vegas. Uh, and they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas unless it's a mass shooting at a country music concert. Because that has been all over everything. Um, I mean, I don't have a lot of thoughts on it. You know, every every couple of fucking days, it feels like another shooting in, in the fucking states. You know, and uh, what are we going to do about it? I don't know. Take the guns away? No, let's not talk about that. You know, obviously, if you don't have guns, you can't fucking kill people. 
And I'm sorry to the people out there who are like, well, I'm a responsible gun owner. Yeah, I'm sure you are. You know, there's responsible peanut owners, but you can't bring them to schools, can you? You know, some people can just put peanuts in their mouth and chew them up and swallow them. No, but some people have to put peanuts in their mouths and then smear them all over their fucking hands and then go ahead and rub doorknobs and then murder their colleagues. Well, it's the same with guns, I guess. <laughs> you can't get it off your hands. You're going to fire one off and kill somebody. You know, I, I, I don't know what to say about it. I think it's funny that it happened at a country music concert because at least I feel like the right people were injured. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I Yeah, I, I don't know, guys. I really don't know what to say. You know, um, Tom Petty was dead and then he wasn't and then he is again. That sucks. You know, I, I think it was really weird that TMZ was the first group of people reporting on that. Like anyone would believe that shit. TMZ knows what's going on. They have guys in parking lots waiting for celebrities. I don't know, man. It's been kind of a, a shitty week. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm sorry to anyone who lost lost a family member, you know, in uh, in the Vegas thing. It's uh, it's kind of shitty. You know, I saw something really good on The Daily Show from uh, Trevor Noah about how, like, you know, every time they do that, they they talk about, like, it's like it's the surrounding thing. Like, this time they're going out the hotels, like, oh, hotel security is enough. It's like, you still have guns. Just get rid of the goddamn guns. You know, and I've heard other governors say, well, when they take away everybody's gun, then they can take away mine. It's like, yeah, but yeah, that's what happens. They make guns illegal, they take guns away. Oh, what about the illegal? The illegal people are still going to have them. But just the idea that you're allowed to carry around a fucking gun. Like, I, I see guns occasionally on the hips of cops. And I just, I, when I see them, I'm like, like, I shudder a little bit. Anyways, I, I really, guys, I'm sorry. I really don't have a lot to say about it, you know, um, but I, I mean, hey, I'd love to know what you guys think about it. You know, I mean, there's one of these things. Fucking next week, we'll talk about the one that happens. God knows where, you know, and the same shit, you know, don't take my guns away. Don't take my guns away. Whatever. Um, yeah, is what it is. Super sucks. It sucks that you could be at a shitty concert and all of a sudden, you know, lose your life or, or you know, someone that you love gets killed. I mean, it's it's you're, you're at a concert in a in a goofy Disneyland for adult city. And, uh, and then all of a sudden it turns into a fucking war zone out of nowhere. That's, that's insanity. It's insanity. Um, thank God we live in Canada, right? Oh wait, no, that shit happens in Edmonton too. So, you know, so I think it's, there's something about this, like these, these cities where there's country people, you know, Edmonton is very country. Anyways, um, not really trying to relate it that much to, to country guys. I don't know. <sighs> how does anybody talk about this shit and be like, everyone's like, yeah, you know, I don't <sighs> even like, okay. So earlier when I was talking about, you know, how feeling bad for that guy, not getting help. Like I don't feel, I do actually, I, I feel like I'm going to fucking be a, 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 like, I don't feel like, oh, he was mentally ill. So he was okay to kill those people. But clearly there's something fucking wrong with you. If you're going to kill yourself, then fucking kill yourself. Why do you have to take people with you? So clearly the guy was fucking sick, man. There's something wrong with him. And that's another reason why you don't just like, like the amount of people that walked up to us at this PlayStation thing, they walk up and they look fucking normal enough. I'm dead serious. Look like a regular person. And then you just start talking to them and you could just hear the fucking Asperger's or the social awkwardness or the fucking mega nerd, the lack of social skills and just go, oh, fuck. What am I in the middle of right now? You know, yeah, uh huh, uh huh, absolutely, yeah, de no, definitely, 
Xbox is better for sure. I don't care. Just, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's for, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, man, EB, EB mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, EB Games is down the hall. I'm sure they would. They have both. I'm sure they would love to hear your opinions on everything. Yeah, PC is definitely better than PlayStation. I definitely agree with you. Yeah. Oh, you're you're a YouTuber. Okay. All right. Do you tuck in your stomach when uh, when you're on the YouTube there? No. Okay. Perfect. Uh, it's just like that kind of shit. You know, I don't know. There's people out there. So yeah, this guy had a fucking arsenal with him. You know. The guy probably came in with fucking rifles over each arms, you know, over each arms. Oh, I'm an idiot. The guy probably came in with all sorts of shit. And they're like, yeah, yeah, he's probably here for Comic-Con. He's dressed as Rambo, you know? I don't know. Like, you can't give a, a sick person like that weapons. And at the same time, well, this guy doesn't fall through the fucking cracks. If anything, ah, whatever. I don't, I don't have any answers, you know? Just just maybe go, oh, the guy was sick. Let's, uh, you know? How do we how do we take care of these people? Maybe you got to get a fucking psych eval. You want you want a gun, fine, but you know it's not just a three day wait. You got to fucking go through psych evaluations and shit like that first. Ah, mm. I don't have the answers. I don't have the answers. Anyways, what do we talk about now, guys? Right? What do we talk about after everything else? I don't know. I, I, I fucking I had a good week. You know, I'm excited. I got the new job coming up. I got some fun stuff coming up this weekend. You know, I remember a lot of people just showing them this video or how much stuff they were saying how like, how long's it been out? And it's been out for a year. They go, well, I don't want to buy until I know it's good for sure. You know, I don't want to buy, uh, I don't want to buy it. It turns out it's a garbage technology or, or whatnot. And, uh, and that got me to thinking, it got me to thinking um, you know, there's a lot of times where you can buy a piece of technology and it ends up being a piece of garbage, which brings me to this week's edition and sponsor at portablepress.com. This week's edition is from Uncle John's uh, Weird Weird World, Who, What, When, Where, and Wow. Um, I decided this week, sorry, I got the fucking book itself instead of a piece of paper. And uh, there we go. Ah, it's getting that mic around here. It's hard enough to hear me. This one is uh, the article I decided to read this week is called Lemons. This is all about vehicles that came out uh, that ended up being shit. And uh, and the reasons why they were shit. So uh, I'm very excited to read it. As like I said, my partner's at portablepress.com where you can find all sorts of different bathroom readers. This week's edition is Lemons. So just about everyone has owned an unreliable car. Uncle John... Uh, had his in 1979. It was a Triumph Spitfire that caught fire one time when he drove it home from the mechanic. But that piece of junk was nothing compared to these losers. So number one, the Stutz Blackhawk, 1972 to 87. From 1911 through the early 1930s, the Stutz Motor Car Company was one of the most exclusive automakers in the United States. But by 1935, it was bankrupt. In the late 1960s, an investment banker named James O'Donnell resurrected the Blackhawk name and begun converting Pontiac Grand Prix into ultra-luxury two-door coupes. It had running boards, fake chrome exhaust pipes along both sides of the car, and a spare tire sunk into the trunk lid. Leather luggage that matched the leather seats came standard. Mink carpet and mink-lined trunk were also optional. 
The company also offered to build limousines, convertibles, and four-door sedans based on the same design. The Blackhawk debuted at $23,000 in 1972 and nearly doubled in price to $43,000 for 1973 when the average new car cost about $5,000. The Black, sorry, and then here's the fatal flaw. The Blackhawk looked like a pimp mobile designed by Liberace and was probably the ugliest ultra luxury car ever made. Besides, how many people were dumb enough to pay Rolls Royce prices for a Pontiac Grand Prix, even if the trunk was lined with mink? Elvis Presley was. He bought the first production model and later bought four more. Evil Knievel bought a Blackhawk. So did Robert Goulet, Dean Martin, and Sammy Davis Jr. With its goofy looks and customers like these, the Blackhawk was doomed to be ridiculed as a plaything of celebrities with more money than taste. Still, O'Donnell managed to build more than 500 cars before finally going out of business in 1987. Next car, the Chrysler TC Maserati from 1989 to 1991. In the mid-1980s, Chrysler was looking for a car that So it bought part of the Italian auto manufacturer Maserati. The two companies then worked on a joint venture, the turbocharged TC Maserati convertible. Fatal flaws. Timing was one problem. Chrysler announced the car in 1986, but production snafus kept it off the market for nearly 30 years. Uh, During which time, many potential customers bought other cars. Image was another problem. The TC was uh, touted as something new and different, but it was built on Chrysler's K-Car platform and was virtually indistinguishable from a regular Chrysler LeBaron convertible, even though it was hand-assembled in Milan and cost a lot more. About the only difference was that the TC had a faulty engine that blew its oil seals when it overheated. And it did a lot, and sorry, and it did that a lot, warping the poorly designed cylinders heads that were one of Maserati's few contri- contributions to the car. Faulty oil pressure gauges kept the problem from being detected until the engine had already been destroyed. Even if the engine hadn't been such a dud, customers balked at the idea of paying Maserati prices for a car that looked just like a LeBaron. Chrysler sold only about 7,300 of the cars before it pulled the plug in 1991. The Jaguar XJ40 from 1986 to 1994. Jaguar began designing a replacement for its aging four-door XJ6 sedan way back in 1972. But the financial troubles of parent company British Leyland kept it from coming to market for 14 long years. Finally, in 1986, the XJ40 hit the showroom floor. It was billed as the most advanced car in the world, complete with electronic self-leveling suspension, a dashboard computer that detected and diagnosed mechanical faults, and nearly two miles of wiring to support these. Yes, yeah, two miles of wiring to support these and numerous other fancy electronics uh, gadgets. Fatal flaw: the fault detection system was supposed to alert owners to mechanical problems before they became serious and expensive. In parentheses. But the system was the faultiest equipment of all. After a few trips to the dealership to service problems that turned out to be nothing, most owners ignored the system even when it detected real faults. Results? Repair costs went up instead of down. The XJ40 was supposed to address Jaguar's notorious reputation for unreliability, but all it did was make it worse. It wasn't until Ford bought Jaguar in 1990 that the company's image began to improve. Uh, The Alfa Romeo, I guess... uh, Al-Fasud is what they're calling it. Uh, in the late 1960s, sorry, from uh, 1872 to 83. Jesus Christ, that's an old car. 1872 to 83. I hope that's not a typo. 
Anyways, in the late 1960s, Alfa Romeo announced, yeah, it's got to be 19. They fucked it up. You fucked up, Uncle John. So, uh, sorry, I keep starting over. The Alfa Romeo Alfasud, Alfasud, uh, says 1872 to 83, but I think it's 19. So in the late 1960s, Alfa Romeo announced that instead of building a new mini car, the Alfa Sud in Milan, where it had always built its cars, it was shifting production northward to Naples. Sud is Italian for South. Uh, and they would manufacture Alfa Suds at a rate of 1,000 cars a day, faster than the company had ever made cars before. Fatal flaw. Alfa Romeos didn't have a great reputation for quality to begin with, and when production moved south, things got much worse. Few workers in Naples had ever built cars before, and they had trouble keeping up with the fast production pace. Even worse, they were building the cars using poor quality recycled steel from the Soviet Union and sabotaged components made in Milan by workers upset about losing jobs to the south. Uh, sorry, flipping the page here. Door handles and other plastic pieces broke off in owners' hands as the metal rusted away around them. Engines self-destructed if they were driven too hard. Alpha suits rotted away so quickly that few are still on the road today. But amazingly, the cheap little car stayed in production until 1983 and is actually considered a sales success. Meh. Little runner on the previous page that I missed. Uh, a couple of them. Lemons contain more sugar than strawberries. Mm -hmm. Cow is Japanese brand uh, is a Japanese brand of shaving cream. All right, uh, and then the last car on this page here is the Austin Martin Lagonda, nineteen seventy six to eighty nine. The auto company famous for making James Bond sports car was close to going under in the mid nineteen seventies when the makers decided that building a four door sedan, the company's first, would be a good way to raise cash. Ast uh, Austin Martin, Aston Martin, Austin Martin, whatever, didn't have the money to engineer the new model from scratch. So the company just extended the chassis uh, of one of its two-door sports cars and built a big sedan onto it. Ooh, it doesn't sound good. Uh, the Lagonda, Lagonda uh, sold for nearly $50,000 when it was introduced in 1976. A decade later, it sold for nearly 150000 For a time, it was marked as the world's most expensive sedan. Fatal flaws. The Lagonda was... Uh, emblematic of everything that went wrong with automotive design in the 1970s. It was ugly. It had a long pointy snout that was as angular as a piece of paper folded in half. And it was unreliable. Uh, sorry. And it was unreliable. The futuristic red led instrument panels failed so often they were eventually replaced with little, uh, cathode ray TV screens, which failed even more often. The wiring was buggy. The pop-up headlights didn't pop up. The handling was squishy and the paint job was so bad that the car became known as a rust bucket. Uh, that was a lot to put up with in the world's most expensive sedan. And although the company spent 15 years and untold millions of dollars trying to work out all the bugs, the Lagonda never did catch on with Austin Martin's purists. Only about 600 Lagondas had been manufactured by the time the company ended production in 1989. Um, and then there's a section here at the bottom that says odds and ends, ticker shock. Aching news, the crawls and graphics uh, you see on the news channels sometimes get goofed up. Okay, so odds and ends is ticker shock. So that little ticker you see at the bottom of the screen. So here's just a big list of them. It says, breaking news, fire destroyed by home, Fox 5. Uh, burn and key on the housing market, blah, 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 CNN. Space shuttle traveling nearly 18 times speed of light, CNN. Uh, will high gas prices cost your kids their education? Question mark. Fox News. 
Tiger Woods takes leave from the game of Golg CNN. Authorities are reminding everyone to now allow impaired drivers to get behind the wheel. CNN to not allow, of course, would be the thing they probably meant to say. Breaking news. Many words should fit on this sentence bar. Do not try to type uh, in a paragraph to tell story. KDKA2. That was clearly someone left the default shit in there. Uh, Nora O'Donnell. Nora O'Donnell. The White Ho. MSNBC. Memorial Day weekend. Buckle up, slow down, and drink and drive. K-A-R-E 11 News. Fight over NY. Mosque shits to DC. CNN. Uh, <laughs> then this one's just a bunch of garbled letters. D-S-F-G-D-F-S. G-F-S. So someone just leaned on a keyboard. And finally, little runner at the end of the page. In Australia, you can buy emu jerky from vending machines. And that, my friends, was lemons from Uncle John's. Weird, weird world. Who, what, when, where, and wow. Uh, from my partners at portablepress.com. So as I say every single week, every single week, guys, they have outstanding books everywhere, whatever you're into, whatever kind of information. This particular book here is visual. So these are articles that you may find throughout a uh, variety of their books, but these ones all have visual. So there's pictures of all those cars in it. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's a great little, uh, great little read. Nice little visually stimulating book. Um, so yeah, check those guys out. And as always, I have two other partners that I'm happy to have here. I've got absolute comedy and Summersby. So please guys sit back and listen to the words from them. Absolute comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on just for laughs, Netflix, comedy central, CBC's, the debaters, Jimmy Kimmel live Conan, the comedy network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter and so are you, if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. And I'm back with my raspy voice, slurping on a Coke instead of Summers B. Cause getting drunk right now would not be good for my fucking voice. Fucking voice, yeah. 
Luckily, I don't have any shows coming up this week because I would be so embarrassed. I, I did the show probably like this. This is about this is probably about as bad as my voice was on Saturday night, but still, you can still hear it, you know, in a microphone. Not my best showing, but uh, I'll be honest, guys. Uh, they laughed, so I did my job. <sighs> but I, uh, I was half phoning it in, man. I was half phoning it in. I was a bushed man. So this week, what can I say? Uh, it's Tuesday. I spent yesterday and today. Excuse me. Excuse me. What pigotry? Uh, that actually reminds me of a thing. So yeah, sorry for bourbon. Uh, but that's what happens when I chug Coke while the ads play. The uh, the Rumble Belly burpage comes out. I mouth farted a little too loud. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, it was funny. I was talking with with Marvin, uh, the PlayStation demo last week, and he used the word comfortability. He's like, you know, I want to do it. I, he was talking about, you know, his, his girlfriend. He's like, you know, I want to do the things that that improve your comfortability. And I'm like, I don't think that's a word. I don't think comfortability is a word. I think comfort is the word you're looking for. You know, I want to I want to improve your comfort, not your comfortability. He goes, by the comfortability is word. And then he Googled it. And he goes, yeah, see, it's a word. And I go, no, it's not. Look, it corrected it to like, he, he typed in comfortability and hit search. He's like, yeah, here it is. It's a word. And I go, no, it isn't. It's comfortable. Your phone auto-corrected it to comfortable. So it's not a word. Please correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because I have heard other people use it. And Marvin is a super smart dude. So why he would be so fucking stupid to, <laughs> to use the word. I'm banking on the fact that he's listening to this because if he's not, then I'm just talking shit to the universe. But, um, uh, that just made me think of that, you know. Uh, so yeah, I don't think I don't think comfortable is a word. There's a lot of words that are not that that people use, you know. And uh, I might just, you know, I didn't plan on it, but I might just throw that out as a personal pet peeve of mine when people take words uh, that exist and then turn them into words that don't. Um, I have used the word stupider a lot lately, and that's not a word. Uh, more stupid. Those are two words, but those make sense. Or dumber. I think dumber is a word. But I don't think stupider is a word. Um, a lot of people say supposedly. There is no B at the end of that word. It is supposedly. Um, but again, I, I know what you mean. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna correct you in public. But I just when I hear someone go, well, supposedly, blah, 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 I don't like that. Um Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say I mean there's probably you guys probably have like little pet peeves too for shit like that, but uh I don't know. Cute stuff works, you know, um, there's little things that there's little things that, uh, you know, people say that I find cute that are incorrect, you know, but it's almost like it's, it's, uh, you know, creating, I don't know what the fuck am I talking about? I don't know. It literally drives me crazy. And I, I, I didn't say it literally drives me crazy. I said, literally drives me crazy. People are like, it's like literally this and literally that. And literally you're like, you're like literally doing this. You're, you're like literally blah, blah, blah. Like literally that, that word right now is being used by everybody so much. And it's used so incorrectly. I know it's a hot word right now. And hopefully it'll go by the wayside. In no time. I'm not going to stir myself. I don't give a fuck at the end of the day. Grrr, all angry, Josh. I don't give a fuck. You tough guy. Settle down, asshole. All I'm saying is it's just I, like when you stop and listen to it, like literally this and literally and literally, right? Like literally, IDK, you know, Insta, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. 
I guess I'm I'm kind of I'm a big fan of communication. I like language. I like how it's used. I enjoy conveying thoughts and stuff. And when you convey incorrect thoughts, not incorrect, just when you when you're hyperbolous for no fucking reason and and inaccurate, it's irksome to me. I actually want to start reading the dictionary because there's there's words that people use that I do not know 100%, words that I'm very familiar with. Juxtaposition is one that I I believe I know. It's like it's like basically showing the similarities between two things, but you refer to this as the juxtaposition, but I'm not 100%. Obstensively is another word that I hear quite often that I'm not exactly sure of the definition. So I kind of feel like the the next book on my list should be the dictionary. I want to just pick some words or maybe, you know, maybe I'll get one of myself one of those word a day calendars. You know? And just go about it that way. I wouldn't mind uh, smartening myself up here. Anyways, getting back to the podcast. Um, I am done uh, working. Tomorrow I don't work. I'll find something to do. I'll probably do the ride share in the morning. And I got I got some shit I do. But you know what? I've decided that tomorrow I am going to play Ovedja games. I am going to have a day to myself. I'm still going to do shit because I can't help myself. I can't in good conscience, spend a whole day and not do anything. So I'll probably wake up early and drive Uber and then I'll come back and I'll do some paperwork and send out some emails, but I want to play video games. God damn it. I might even try to get some in tonight after the podcast, but, um, either way, I'm going to have some fun tomorrow. Wednesday is my personal day. And then Thursday and Friday, I'm back at the source. You know, I get to spend, I'm so jazzed because on Saturday I get to spend the day with Crystal. Her and I have a very nice day planned. We're going to go out, do some walking uh, at, a, at a Mackenzie King estate. I think I got that right. Apparently there's like a little, like a little shack or whatever that they have there. They read it. They turn it into a nice little tea and, and uh, you know, tea and cakes or muffins or, or breads or whatever, like a little cafe kind of thing. Really looking forward to that. And then we're going to have a night in with the kiddos. Looking forward to just having, you know, a night, a decompressed night being with my family. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then on Sunday, we have Thanksgiving with uh, Crystal's family. And I'm really looking forward to that. We're going to play some board games. Crystal bought Code Names and Settlers of Catan. So not that I'm a huge board game guy, but just over the last few months playing them and everyone's talking about them and this and that. Hey, I fucking like board games. And you know what? Crystal did too. We are going to play some ma fucking board games very happy to do so um that was what we're doing on sunday and then of course on monday we're having thanksgiving during the day with my side of the family so uh chris and the kids we're gonna go over to my brother aaron's place with his lovely wife alexandra oh, sorry i got the hiccups and we're gonna have uh, a thanksgiving brunchish so really looking forward to that i get uh, a nice weekend of, uh, of of time with family different sectors of the family really looking forward to it it's going to be a lot of fun um i do hope you guys have a, a great thanksgiving whatever you have planned for your weekends please know that uh you know from from me and mine to you and yours you know have a have a happy thanksgiving to all my american people who are going it's not thanksgiving idiot well our temperature gets colder here first so our crops come in a little early you know what i'm saying we bring them in before they frost over, turn to mushy shit. That's what we do. So we're going to celebrate this weekend up here in Canada. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So uh, it's time to read the emails, guys. I only got one this week. Um, and you know how we can remedy just having one a week? Well, you can send some in yourself. Contact at onemanpodcast.com. Talked about some stuff this week. Guys, have you tried VR? Send me an email. Tell me what you thought of it. Guys, guys, do you hate when people use words the wrong way? Send me an email. Tell me what you thought of it. Guys, 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 
Do you have any pet peeves? What do you think about people running around and shooting from hotels? Huh? What do you think? Send me an email. Contact me on my podcast.com. Are you sick of hearing me say all sorts of stupid stuff? Do you have something going on with you? Did you start a new job that's going to suck or that's maybe going to be awesome? You know, I don't know. You know why? Because you didn't send me the email yet. Send me an email. Um, as always, thank you to the people who do send emails. Thank you all my listeners who are listening. I don't care if you don't send emails or not. I appreciate you just being out there and listening to stuff. Thank you so much to all my pals everywhere. Um, yeah. And if you guys watch any movies or cool shows or shit like that, I mean, I'm always looking for something. I, I, I don't know if you guys struggle with the Netflix thing, but I, I will, you know, Crystal and I will sit there and go through fucking shit on Netflix for like 30 minutes and then finally just end up deciding on something that we've maybe already seen or a series that we're not really that into. Uh, we tried, I think on, on uh, Friday night we were together, we tried starting The Exorcist. There's a series on Netflix called The Exorcist. Now, those are big shoes to fill. And we were chatting the whole time that it was on the background. It's fucking stupid, shitty, shitty uh, coloring. That, that sounds ridiculous, but like it was filmed and it's a 2016 or 2017 show that looks like it was filmed in fucking 1970. Really shitty, bad, like all, like not Technicolor looking, but but fucking bad hues and and contrast and saturation on the, the film, whatever. Um, so yeah, I didn't really give up. Like we were, we were really disappointed. I don't know if anyone else has watched more than an episode or, or, you know, maybe the fact that we were talking about, you know, me making homeless people cry because they, I don't know. I just didn't get a chance to watch it. So as always, contact at onemanpodcast.com. Tell me what you are up to, you know? Tell me what you think about stuff. Tell me what you're watching. Tell me what you love. And uh, on that vein, right now, my email this week comes from my good buddy, Mr. Chris. I uh, won't say his last name out of respect, but uh, but Chris sends in, uh, hey, Josh, in past podcasts, you talked about escape rooms. Then there were the riddles that Jimmy's bro, or maybe it was his buddy, please clarify. It was actually Jimmy's bro, Johnny, who uh, just got married. We talked about it in the last episode. Also, their coworker, Kevin, I think it was. Fuck, I'm so sorry, dude, um, for forgetting your name. I apologize. But I do believe it was Kevin or something very similar uh, who also emailed. So two, all three of them sent me emails in one week, regardless. Uh, emailed about, sorry, um, sent in riddles. Maybe it was his buddy. Please clarify. Emailed about, which you seem to enjoy. I do enjoy riddles. Then last week, you brought up how you were trying to piece together the mystery of who spray-painted dicks on the cars from the Netflix series American Vandal. I put two and two together and deduced that you were fond of a good old mystery. Well done, Chris. You found a way to segue board games back into the podcast. But you know what? I appreciate the email, and I am ready to go with this full steam ahead. So it is my great honor to present to you yet another thrilling board game introduction. Um, I know you wanted to take a break from the subject, and actually, I was going to text you about this game instead of emailing the podcast, but I strongly feel that the one maniverse love that name, needs to know about this gem. And as a special treat, I'll even add a pet peeve at the end. Ooh, uh, you spoil me. Uh, so without further ado, recently, escape rooms have been popping up all over the place. There are two companies in Ottawa that offer many different themed rooms. My hometown of Renfrew has one, although I'm sure it's shit. Even the town of Eganville, hometown to Olympian Melissa Bishop, never heard of her, with a population of three, apparently has one. So naturally, someone decided to make a board game version. There are actually a few different brands, one of which is award-winning. 
but I'm not going to talk about those because I've never actually played one. What I am going to talk about is the game Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective by Raymond Edwards, Suzanne Goldberg, and Gary Grady. The game is comprised of 10 different cases. Each case has a book, sorry, has a case book, which contains the introduction where you will learn about the murder and a few key witnesses. The goal of the game is to solve the crime using fewer leads than Sherlock. You will find out how many leads he used once you decide to try and solve the mystery. After reading the introduction or having it read to you if you downloaded the new app, it is up to you to decide what to do next. You may choose to visit the scene of the crime or maybe interrogate the key witness or follow any other clue that may have come up in the introduction. The way you do this is by looking up people and places in the London directory, which is kind of like a miniature phone book, minus the phone numbers. Each person or place will have a letter and code number, which will direct you to a place on the map as well as a paragraph found in the case book. From there, you decide if the lead was a dead end or if it was open, uh, sorry, or if it opened up uh, other avenues to investigate. Each case also has a newspaper to go along with it. Since the cases are in chronological order, you will only need to reference the first newspaper to find clues to help you with the first case. But every case after that may have important leads in previous editions of the Times. So it's important to make notes. Rebecca and I like to use post-its. Really, that's it. You go around from lead to lead until you feel confident enough to solve the mystery, hoping you manage to do, uh, hoping you manage to do so using less leads than Sherlock. Unlike the escape room games, Consulting Detectives does not have a time limit. You can try to solve a case in one sitting, or you can choose to do it over many sittings, mulling over the clues in your head between play sessions. Finally, there is the player count. I'm going to. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to put this down. I keep putting it half down on a book. Finally, there's the player count. I'm going to use an excerpt from a comparison of two different escape room games done by Shut Up and Sit Down, in parentheses, board game reviewers. But I'll edit it to fit this game, since they are so similar. Uh, so in, in, in uh, quotes, Finally, a note on player numbers. The publishers of Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detectives will tell you that this game is good for between one and eight players, which is like saying that between one and eight people can share a normal-sized bath. It's technically true, but none of you are immersed and you're all wondering what to do with yourselves. So, and that, that was end quote. Uh, Chris says, two is the sweet spot uh, with this game. And now for my pet peeve. My current pet peeve is when you try to put on underwear after a shower, but you didn't fully towel off and your goddamn foot gets caught in the leg hole. So you shove it in with more force, but all that happens is that your boxers stretch, but your foot remains stuck. So now you must reach down and free your foot with your hands like a fucking caveman. Thank you so much for your email, Chris. Yeah, I, I don't have that same thing happen to me where I stretch my, like, like what happens to me is I'll lift my fucking leg up, go to stick it through the hole. It catches, but I've already got the momentum and my weight off balance. So I actually end up slamming my foot and myself down on the floor, not completely falling over, but I'll be like, boom. And just have to start all over again. So I don't end up stretching my shit out. Cause I'm sure it would just tear with all of the, the force. So yeah, that is definitely a pet peeve of mine. And then you feel like after you get out of the shower, that you have this wet foot that you just stuck all over. I suppose just firing it through the hole. Yeah. You know what? It's hard being a white guy, you know? Uh, anyways, guys, that was the, uh, the podcast of this week. So one last time contact at one man I do have Chris's pictures that he sent me for the board game. So feel free to take a look at those. It shows the ideas of the newspapers. It shows the map. It shows, uh, you know, the board game cover, some of the directory have a peek guys. That's on Instagram. I don't think I posted it on Facebook or Twitter. If it's out there, cool. If not Instagram, what Josh was the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Well, it's one man podcast. Thank you for asking listener. 
Um, I appreciate you guys. You know I do. I, uh, I love you guys very much. Thank you for listening to episode 21 of the One Man Podcast. I can't believe that there's been this many already. I hope you guys have a great Canadian Thanksgiving. I hope that all my listeners abroad just have a wonderful weekend. Lots of cool adventures. Everyone be safe out there. Don't go see country music live. It's it's terrible. Bad things will happen to you. Um, but my heart goes out. All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>